Hello, this is Denise James welcoming you to the March edition of Calibre Book of the Month. Today I'm joined by Emma Scott. Hello. And Natalie Moore. Hello. The book up for discussion this time is Patchwork by Claire Wilcox, Senior Curator of Fashion at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London, where she has curated highly successful exhibitions featuring Versace, Vivian Westwood and Alexander McQueen, and co-curated the stunning Frida Kahlo Making Herself Up exhibition in 2018. Patchwork won the 2021 Penn Ackerley Prize, which is awarded to a literary autobiography of outstanding merit. The dust jacket reads, after many years dedicated to the study of fashion, Claire Wilcox steps into the archive of memory. And in this subtle magnetic book, she deftly stitches together the story of her own life lived in and through clothes. From her mother's black wedding suit to the swirling patterns of a silk kimono, her memoir unfolds in spare luminous prose the spellbinding power of the things we wear. What did you make of this style of memoir writing, Natalie? Do you know what? I have never, I don't think I've ever read a book quite in this style before. Um, it's definitely the most creative non-fiction book I've read. And a lot of her descriptions were beautifully written and really poetic. I struggled with the style because it was non-fiction and it was reading more fiction. I really enjoyed the parts where she reflected on working at the museum and we had the snippets of behind the scenes, how a stock take worked, um, how stores, uh, clothes are stored from the public. But yeah, as a, as a style, yeah, I found it very unusual. Um, it was a, just completely different to anything I've ever read. Yeah, I have to say I agree with quite a lot of you there, Natalie. Um, so I, I I don't read a lot of nonfiction, um, and what I do is usually very sort of very fiction in its writing. Anyway, it's it's quite easy to read. So I did struggle with with this a little bit um, in the style of mainly I think because I lost where she was a lot of the time, so I couldn't quite work out if we were in the museum or if she was describing something from her life, um, and and that's where I sort of lost it. So, it, but it almost be it was almost easier to interpret because the chapters were so short so you could dip in and out of it um and then you, you so you could you could and i think the headings sometimes gave it away a little bit as well so so the chapters were all, all had titles as headings um but yeah I, i'm i'm sort of torn a little bit with with really how I, how i kind of um came to it i'm i'm really i'm not entirely sure if i really like it or i you know i'm i'm sort of on the fence a little bit with it at the moment yeah, I agree. It was a real Marmite book for me because of the reasons that you've just described. I felt that I didn't, well, at first I didn't have a problem with it not being chronological, but as I got more into the book and there was more of her personal recollections, I felt that the thematic theming just didn't really work for me because it, it was taking me out of the book when I was reading. Um, so there was one part where she talks about going to a friend's house 
And this was one thing I struggled with when she was referring to to other people in the book. If it wasn't a family member like mum, dad or husband, um, they were quite often referred to as friend. Um, So I didn't know what their relationship was like you know how good a friend are they was it an acquaintance what's the history behind it and there was a bit where she went to a friend's house and you don't really know why she went there what was the purpose of the visit but I got the impression it was Vivian Westwood's house who she had gone to visit Um, and all, all they did together was eat apple pie and I from reading about Claire Wilcox, I know that she's she's not a big name dropper or anything like that, but I don't think it would have taken away from her memory to say it was Vivian Westwood and this is how she influenced me and how she taught me or inspired this way of thinking or curating. Um, so yeah, I struggled with that a little bit. I would have liked to have known, it, it was almost like it was, it was so dreamy um, and at times it felt a little bit superficial I just wanted a little bit more detail because I felt like I was invade almost like this was a private memory that she's writing about in such a whimsical manner and I'm invading her like that I shouldn't be reading it because it felt too private yes absolutely I, I my conclusion at the end of it was that she must be a very private person and that she doesn't want to reveal names of her close friends and relatives either for those reasons. And that was got to be quite frustrating, as you said, when you started to think, well, you know, what happened after that? Or who are the people in your life? But, and, and, and that came on more and more as you went through the book, a slight sense of frustration. But then I sort of went with it and from the beginning you start to read it and and like you say it's very poetic and so I started to read it as you might poet a poem so you get the feeling of it and and you just accept what's there you don't question you just take it in and and carrying on like that you know I I really enjoyed it to a great extent but but I was still frustrated at the end of it and for me the thing I enjoyed probably the most was the feeling of deep nostalgia that it brought on because I think I'm very close to her age. She was talking about 1970s London, the fashions, the wearing Victorian petticoats as skirts, the smell of patchouli, you know, Bieber, all of that. And and it was so, you know, I felt I was there. I'd been there. <laughs> um, so yes, in me, it really provoked a, an extreme sense of nostalgia, which was lovely. But like you say, I, I did have feelings of frustration now and then throughout the book when you, you couldn't pin her down in any way. And, and to be honest, you don't even quite know, you know, has she still got a husband? Or, you know, you weren't quite sure about the children. And it was only like you, Natalie, I, I read uh, an Observer article, which was an interview, quite a, a long interview. And having read that, I was still none the wiser. <laughs> so I think this is her default, that she is quite a private person. 
just just sort of adding to that where um i think your word natalie was quite good with with the fact you felt like you're invading her space almost with it um and i'm a great believer sometimes it's not very often but every so often i pick up a book and i i feel like um i'm reading a book that the author is written for themselves rather than the audience and the, the people that are going to read it and this really felt like that not in a bad way i'm not saying that's a bad thing at all but i really felt um that that it was almost something she had to get down and and it was for her posterity really it was for her to keep and look back on um but one of the things just drawing back on, on what both of you said there about the writing and that's one of the things i think that kept me reading was um i mean um you both mentioned kind of poetic but i almost felt sometimes it was hypnotic in the way it was being and think the way things were being described um, and that very much carried me through i think there was a i have got a favorite chapter actually which is towards the end of the book and the, and i i like this i think because i immediately knew where she was as well so it was i you know she she was in her garden and and um it's titled Weeds and she is uh, she's come to gardening late in life I think as basically as a, as a way to clear her head and I just I'm just really going to quickly read this paragraph to you because I just I love it and that's what sort of drew me into it so it starts the lawnmower was clogged with compacted grass and the tools rusted where they lay the greenhouse was unfruitful a crystal palace for weed killer and seed packets chewed by mice I'd come to gardening late seduced not by carpets of turf or the pleasures of pruning, but by a need to clear my head. I was preoccupied with weeds, in particular catchweed, grip grass, robin run the hedge, country names for the same common nuisance. They irritated my bare hands and clung to my clothes, but offered little resistance when I pulled them up, for their great skirts of green were barely rooted in the earth. And I just loved it, that just to me, I was in the garden and you know, the, just the descriptive way she has and, and she applies that also to the clothes as well in the museum and I just find that draws you in more than anything I don't know what we you know whether you had any thoughts on that either really um, I just wanted to go back to what you were saying about how it did feel very private for her because one part that really stuck out for me was it was very beautifully written but also very brief where she was describing sort of having a stillborn son and I found that really, that's the bit in the book, I think, that's really stuck with me. And it was only one very short paragraph, but it was so poignant and so like heartbreaking to read. And that's when I really felt like I was, I shouldn't be reading it. And then the book continued. Um, and I love that paragraph that you just read out, Emma. That was one I can remember. As soon as she started saying about weeds, I was like, oh, I bet it's, yeah, it's this bit, which was really lovely. And there was a couple of, um, like, standout sentences that I had, too. Um, just really, like, lovely descriptions, I thought. Um, one of them was, Here lay costumes history, robed in indignity, impossible to mend, impossible to display, impossible to throw away. And when she talks about a lot of the clothes that they have not on display, um, there was, I think it was um, either a tunic or a robe. And she talks about how it survived 400 years and it's so delicate that they they can't display it in case you know it crumbles or perishes. But they're obviously not going to dispose of it. So it's just kept um, in like an underground, um, in like an old disused toilet cubicle where they keep it safe. Um, so I really like that sentence about here lay costumes history. You know, it's impossible to mend, impossible to keep, but we can't throw it away. I thought that was really lovely. Think just made me really think about the history of clothes. And there's always a story behind all the objects. 
And then the other standout part in the book for me was when she is talking about Frida Kahlo and she, you know, briefly describes Frida's life. And then she starts at the end of that chapter, she's talking about corsets and girdles and that kind of uh, clothing. And she says, whether medical or fashionable, what could be more intimate, especially when it protects the beating heart? And I really like that sentence because... Yeah, it's just whether medical or fashionable, it's got the same function. Like fashion isn't just to be worn and admired and, you know, look attractive. Like, yeah, some things are just functional and I like the combination of them both. Yes, it's interesting that her take on fashion, given the exhibitions she's curated, and you, as you said, she doesn't name drop at all, Mm -hmm. but you get an, an idea about how she feels about fashion and she's not a slave to it far from it she sees it and she takes it and it's very creative and she puts her own take on it and she wears you know what she loves and again it all comes down to the textiles the colors the feel the weave the smell and that comes into what she wears you get the idea and and so she you know she isn't a big fashionista nothing absolute opposite of and that she values the quality of what these garments are made of as much as anything so that was interesting to see in a person who has created all these amazing um, exhibitions and and it it sort of it's similar to my take on fashion and I am not a fashionable person but there are when I choose clothes, it's to do with the colours and the and the textures and the fabric um, and not following trends. So, you know, that resonated with me as well. So, um, yeah, all in all, there was a lot that I felt I had a lot in common with it. And another thing was the Welsh grandmother and little snippets about that. It was um, it was very interesting. Did there um, would you recommend the book to anyone or with with? you know, some provisos. So interestingly, I've already got someone that I'm going to send a copy to. <laughs> so um, one of the uh, librarians that I used to work with, she's, she loves the V&A and loves um, going to visit and loves clothing and that. And she's not actually a great fiction reader. She's much more of a non-fiction reader. And I think she'd get on with this. I don't, I haven't heard her mention it. So I don't think she's, she's, um, got hold of it to read it yet but so funny enough even though I didn't particularly I didn't warm to it let's just say um but I can you know instantly as I was reading it I could have said that you know I can recommend it straight away so that's always it you know even the the books sometimes that you don't like you can always think of someone that might like them um and yeah definitely um straight away would you consider rereading it is it the sort of book you'd reread? Um, I don't think I would reread it. Um, the parts of it that I enjoyed will stay with me. Um, so, like I, I said earlier, I really enjoyed reading about the, the behind the scenes at the museum, um, and I was really craving more about that um, because Claire Wilcox has had this like fantastic job. Like it's you know a really exciting, unusual job, and not that her personal life isn't interesting but because this job is so exceptional and not many people do it I would have loved to have had more from her as to you know what like what 
what else did she have to do? Like, even if it was just like the rhythm and routine of the day, the day-to-day work, but um, what other creative processes went into curating a collection? Um, More about the staff and the teams that work with her and how they care for the garments. Like, how, how do you learn how to you know, care for a garment that's four or five hundred years old and protect it. And how do you find out the history behind something? Like, how do you, how do you go into the research? Um, there was one bit where she describes walking through the museum and that she noticed the word rust spelled out in mosaic tiles. And I really enjoyed that. Like, there's little stories because the next time I go to the v I'll think I'll pay more attention to the floor and like, well, I spot something like that. And that was really lovely. And those bits of the book were really evocative. And I would have loved her to have been yeah, more about her job um, and the work that she did because it's so fascinating. Yeah. So, uh, um, bit, bit like, uh, so I wouldn't re- read it either. Um, but I think what made it stand out for me, and what I always think is a, a good thing once you've finished a book, is that it did make me want to go and find out more. So, um, from where you were saying earlier about uh, the Frida Kahlo bit, Natalie, um, as I started reading that, I couldn't because it doesn't immediately say it's about Frida Kahlo, and you start reading it and. Um, wonder what's going on you think oh this is something that's happened in her life then she goes on to Frida Kahlo so you realize it's about her and that was really interesting and that and actually Denise from your introduction where you said um Claire actually um did a did she create an exhibition on her as well Frida Kahlo yeah so that makes sense as well in that chapter and so it's so that immediately made me think oh I don't know anything about Frida Kahlo I'd like to go and have a, a you know read about it and also um there's a a bit in it just so she gives little snippets of information about the clothes as well so there's a, a, a very short sentence where she's they're doing an audit of all the things that are in the museum and she comes across a group of top hats and the sentence is in the next drawer along there was a group of top hats dating from 1820 to 1930 each was sealed in a clear plastic bag marked with a skull and crossbones because mercury was used during their making and they were still toxic caused madness so I was like wow I didn't know any of that you know and that, again it just made me think right okay and it's, it's as you were saying again Natalie it's those little snippets I'd almost rather there were more of because yeah. that really drew me into it um, and perhaps like you two did I didn't um, I usually do actually but I didn't go back and look at the author and that might have helped me a lot I think in learning a bit about her background and then being able to, to look sort of um, relate that to the text but yeah it's those little bits were just brilliant and I, I just and again it's it tied in with a lovely lyrical way she had of writing too so I really enjoyed those bits. I wonder if because looking back and doing a little bit of research I believe her first degree was in English so I wonder if this where is where the whole sort of creative form of memoir writing came from and, and very poetic as well. Did anyone have a little listen to the audio book? Uh, narrated by Pamela Todd. No, I didn't had a very quick listen just to see, you know, what sort of job she'd done of it and how well her voice suited the voice of the author. And um, yes, it was it was lovely. Um, it was very soothing and soft, mostly, and and quite pensive. And I think it really caught for me. It sounded right for the book, and I think she did a, a great job. So hopefully our members will think the same. 
I think because this is something you can dip in and out of as well. So I'm wondering um, if, again, actually, I might get more of it from it if I do listen to it. So it's one of those books that actually, although I wouldn't go back to, to reading it, if I listen to it, I wonder if it would give me, you know, a different aspect of it. Because quite often you, you miss things, don't you, um, through reading that you might pick up on listening. So, yeah, that's interesting. In Natalie's words, this book is obviously a bit of a Marmite book. So the only way to find out whether you might have liked it or not is to go away and have a listen for yourself. This is the end of our discussion on Patchwork by Claire Wilcox. Thank you for joining us and we hope that you enjoy listening to our podcast and look out for our next one which will be available at the end of April. And it's goodbye from me, Denise James, Natalie, bye and Emma. Goodbye.